Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick. With Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander. Part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome into the latest edition of Floors Liors on the Five Reasons Sports Network, an extension of Five on the Floor. You might be hearing this on Dash Radio. We're on the Nothing But Net channel every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Also, check out Five Reasons Sports Dot com spell it out five reasons sports.com um, plenty of stories from uh, at least a couple of the uh, the guests who are going to be here on the program today our guys uh, Royal Shepherd and Brady Hawk also Greg Sylvander writes there from time to time he'll be on with us tonight as well and yeah I might get around to writing something I seem to write once a month these days uh, this episode is sponsored in part by prize picks I actually just made my picks tonight so Rob Gronkowski better score a touchdown if you're tired of losing in fantasy sports, times are changing. Now it's you versus the numbers. Prize picks the perfect place for whether you whether the injury bug ruined your season-long team, which it does for most people, or you're a seasoned vet in the daily fantasy space. On prize picks, here's how you do it. You select two, three, or four players, predict if they'll go over or under their fantasy projection. So, like for instance, if you think Jimmy Butler is gonna go over what, 28 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists in game 6 or game 5? I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe game 6 too. Uh, then you would go over. You can win real cash. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four predictions correct. Entries are so simple they can be made in less than 60 seconds, and I took some time on mine. So sign up at prizepicks.com. Use the promo code 5, F-I-V-E, and you get a $100 match on your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So make sure you check out prizepicks.com. All right. And for, for game five, they've got Jimmy Butler at 49.2 okay. as a total fantasy score. So over under on that. Um, I'm going over. That's well, free advice. Boom. Uh, well, I know. You've got the guts. All right. So let's get let's get right to it. Uh, today's floor plan. I've got Greg Sylvander, got Brady Hawk, got Royal Shepherd. Um, no Al for Alex tonight. They'll be back tomorrow night, I believe, um, after game five. First topic today. Uh, I want to touch on something that has nothing to do with the series first, and then we'll focus on the series going forward. The executive of the year was named today. For everybody who always says that the media should not vote on awards, this is an award that I always point to because technically executives should be the most educated people about what's going on in the rest of the league, and they always get this award wrong. Every single year they get the award wrong. I don't I don't even know what they're thinking. I, well, obviously, we go back 10 years uh, well, it would be nine years where the award was actually named, where Gar Foreman won uh, rather than Pat Riley for signing Carlos, Bo- Carlos Boozer instead of LeBron James and Chris Bosh. Uh, this one that was named Lawrence Frank. Uh, let me ask you this, Greg, to start. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter were upset about uh, Rob Palinka maybe not getting it, but the other name that came up obviously was Pat Riley. C- can you make any case for Lawrence Frank? 
Uh, no, especially when you see how they kind of flamed out. But I think it's important to recognize that it's a regular season award and that I believe the results were or the votes were cast on in March. So uh, it was without the benefit of hindsight of seeing what happened with the Clippers. So I kind of understand in that the the hoopla surrounding Kawhi and PG going there and, and, and that whole thing. But ultimately, like the funny part about it all is that I almost think that Sam Presti yes. deserves it instead of uh, instead of Lawrence Frank because like now they're literally you know they were a playoff team and even in the regular season they were a playoff team and they had that che- uh, you know cup- cupboard filled of draft picks but also back to Miami because I know you wanted to kind of hit on it from the Riley perspective. Uh, I think he should have been absolutely in the running considering what he had to work with, considering kind of all of the players that came out of nowhere and are now contributors in the way that they've reshaped the trajectory of the franchise. But I I understand why he didn't get the award. It's not like 2011 where it was just literally like laughable that the team who got LeBron, Dwayne, and Chris Bosh would not get that award. Yeah, I almost feel royal like they should just get rid of these awards. Like what is the the point of – I mean, in three years – like you said, Sam Presti won the trade, yeah. and, and Lawrence Frank got the award for losing the trade. Yeah, I think uh, I think at this point they're getting they're getting points for uh, for free agents choosing a destination. Like that's what it feels like to me. Almost, it feels like once a free agent chooses your destination, you're a shoe in for the award. And it's kind of like I, I don't understand how Pat Riley gets overlooked, considering that he t- that he took a team with no cap space and flipped it into an NBA title contender. Like that's and it, it, it was on the destination of nowhere, and so. I, I, I'm, I'm confused. I'm just as confused about the award as everybody else. Well, I, I do think um, this also speaks to it. And, and this is like when the all-star voting came out and Jimmy was voted on sixth by the players in the Eastern conference. There's just some Pete and the people in the heat organization that others don't like very much. I mean, Pat has never been beloved among his peers. I think he's been respected. I think he's been feared at times. I don't think, I don't think he's been beloved. He does not have a lot of close friends um, I would say in NBA executive circles, um, I, you know, the one is pop, but there, there aren't a lot of them that, that he really consults with regular. They're a very insular organization. And I think that hits here uh, a little bit. All right, let, let's pivot now. Uh, there's one stat that, that keeps coming up as I'm studying this series, Brady, and it's a pretty simple stat for the Miami heat to win in this series. They had to make more threes than the Los Angeles Lakers. It's just that simple. And not only are they not uh, making more threes from a volume perspective because of how many the Lakers have shot, they're shooting a lower percentage in this series, 36% to 35% to the Lakers. With that being the case, it's a stunner. This isn't a sweep, honestly. Um, I I mean, are we just at the point where we're still waiting for this breakout game? Uh, Is it finally going to come? Because the only way they have a chance in this series is if they shoot in the 40s from three for the next three games. Yeah, I think uh, just ultimately, I think to start, um, I think that Duncan Robinson's going to need more minutes than Kendrick Nunn throughout the, <laughs> the game if they're going to want to shoot the ball better. Um, that's just first off. But ultimately, they're going to have to make open shots. Um, and these games are just not – they're not capitalizing on shots that they've made all season that they've uh, kind of gone to. Um, I think Goron being out kind of hurts them as well with their three-point shooting. Um, him being able to – I mentioned not only him being able to hit the three, but also him attacking and getting everybody else uh, – Elsa's shots more open and, and getting them going. Um, but ultimately, you're right. If they if they want to win this next game, they're going to need to shoot better. Um, and that, that falls on a bunch of guys on this team, not just like the, the main ones that you'd think of. I think that falls on a bunch of guys. Um, I think that Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala are going to even need to step up and 
um, they're, they're veterans on this team and they're going to need to kind of uh, once again show that they can um, knock down shots when needed in an NBA Finals game. Greg, how long do you stay with Duncan if he's not hitting in this one? I think you actually – well, it, it's tough to say because I really think that this is the game Spolstra actually shrinks the rotation to the point where we maybe only see seven. Like, mm-hmm. re, like really, that's it. Um, and, and it could even shrink further, like six and a half kind of situation, and you just never know who gets squeezed in that, in that spot. But um, – I think you kind of have to ride it out with him and you have to hope he gets hot. He was able to log, I think his minutes were in the 30, 37 minutes or so in the last game. So uh, I think you need more of that. And it, I, I almost feel like we have to become self-aware enough. I do personally of saying over and over again, the shooting game is bound to come. Cause I've been saying that shit for like two weeks now <laughs> and it's not, and it hasn't arrived. And it's a situation where now there's only two ways that they're going to extend this series and make it anything uh, more than the Black Mamba jerseys holding up the trophy in tribute to Kobe tomorrow night. And that is you have to hit a ton of threes or you're going to have to have a Herculean individual performance from somebody. I don't know who that body is. It's probably Jimmy, but mm-hmm. it could be Bam or Tyler. You're going to need 30, 40, something like that in order to extend the series. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. And, I, and Royal, I want to send this to you. Um, is it insensitive? We'll get back to the heat in a second. Is it insensitive to be annoyed by some of the Kobe stuff, the Mamba stuff that's being brought up, or is it insensitive what they're doing? Because I, 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 I feel it's the latter. Yeah. So I, I think it's more insensitive as to what they're doing, like throwing up Kobe in our face, every chance that they get, like we haven't lost in the Mamba jerseys or LeBron scored the 81st point at eight minutes and 24 seconds or ridiculous mundane stats like that. Like it's, it becomes, it becomes nauseating at a point to just keep looking at it over and over again. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong to be annoyed with it at this point. Like, it's like, I'm, I'm just tired of seeing it. I, I mean, it, it does seem, I mean, we know how great Kobe was. It's a tragedy. I mean, I, I think everybody agrees by that. We understand his impact to the game, his impact community to society, um, the impact obviously on his family. I think everybody respects it and regards it. To me, it's trivializing it. Uh, I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's, no, I'm I with mean, you. Everything is a stat and got, you know, it's, it's just weird at this point. And, and I, I don't know. It's like the way Le- LeBron has co-opted it. It's too much. Like, it's, it's too I, commercialized. I, like I, I try, I try to think about it in the worst way. And I'm going to go to a dark place for five seconds. Like if it, if this was the heat, and this was Dwayne, like it would be something like you wouldn't really want to talk about. Like, let's not sensationalize like anything related related to it. So like I try to think about it from that perspective and it just seems a little contrived and a little commercialized. I think it just feeds the, um, I think it just feeds the, the win this for Kobe narrative. Like, I think that's what all this does. And it's just, it just gives ESPN something else to talk about. uh, I I, I mean, I I don't want to speak for Kobe, but, Knowing his mentality, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, to me, this doesn't seem like something he would even want. I, I, it's, it's, it's. To me, it's over the top. All right, let's get back to the basketball. But Greg, you reminded me of that, and it's, it's the last forty-eight hours. ESPN has gone so hard with it, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's been tough to watch. Um, looking at the plus-minus in the series or the net ratings, other than Myers Leonard, who played a two-game stint, it's really hard to make much of that. And a lot of this is very small, still small sample size theater. But Kelly Olynyk still has the best has the, among the regulars. He's got the best net rating in this series, and yet again, I don't think he played particularly well in the last game. He didn't play particularly much. Um, if they're going to shrink this rotation down further, 
where does Kelly fit? Well, I think he would be, I think he'd be seventh. Um, I would think. Um, and I think that he's obviously a weapon that they're going to have, um, obviously without Tyler on the bench anymore, they don't have that big offensive weapon. That's what they've constantly looked for in Kendrick Nunn. Um, but obviously that hasn't been the case. Um, so they're going to need a weapon like Kelly Olenek to come out and play. And even when he's not hitting, um, they still, there's still like a bit of trust, I think there, because they know that he can get hot at any moment, um, or get you like a, like a foul call or get you like a, uh, underhand layup around the rim. Um, there's so many things that he can kind of spark you wise. Um, so I think that he, if they do, do shrink, uh, shrink the rotation, I think they probably go with um, him and Iggy off the bench. Um, and I think he gets probably a good amount of minutes if they want to shoot the ball well, especially. What, what do we make of the fact, uh, Greg, again, uh, it's small sample size, but net rating in this series, Hero and Iguodala. And, and a lot of this was game one because they both had those awful plus minus numbers. But they're far and away the two. They've been the two worst net rating players on the floor. It, does the eye? T- I guess we need Al for this one to see if the yeah, eye test right. matches up, right? But like, it, it jumps out. It jumps off the page at you. I mean, has Tyler Hero played poorly in this series? Um, I don't think poorly. I think that he's being overutilized in this context of that. It's like literally the highest competition on the biggest stage, and I think that there there has to be some level of that you recognize that he's still got a lot of experience and growth to go. And there's going to be those uh, moments where he's part of big runs that maybe you don't love so much. And um, so I don't think he's played bad, but I just think that there hasn't been enough of the, the jaw dropping moments to maybe overcome some of the inefficiencies or some of the mis- timely mistakes or, or, or just that kind of stuff. Like, um, so it hasn't been his greatest series, but also like, for a 20 year old to, you know, be getting 20 in a game or, or something like that in the finals, there's still something to that from a futures perspective. Royal, that, how that's, do you think- that's what I, that's what I mentioned about in the last game. Everybody was kind of putting the blame that he, he didn't uh, has to play better. And obviously the turnovers were a problem. Um, but being a rookie of 20 years old and in a f- finals game, putting up 21, seven and three, um, especially looking back at it, if, if you were to ask these same people, yeah, uh, you're right. like, like before the season, if that's rookie that everybody didn't want, um, is if they got to the finals, they put up 21, seven and three. Uh, I don't think they'd be saying that he had a bad game. Yeah. Uh, he so. fa- Heat fans would have hoped that he would have done that in one playoff game at the beginning <laughs> right. of this season, right. just one playoff game, not right. a finals game. Right. Right. No, no, it's true. Um, well, let's get to the other guy, Royal. How has Andre Iguodala played in this series in your view? I, I believe Andre Iguodala has played. Okay. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that he's played great, but the things that he does can't be replicated by very many people on this roster. And it's just the IQ of him, of having him on the floor that gives you a certain sense of comfort. So no matter what the box scores really say, Andre Iguodala's worth has never really been measured by that to me. It's just kind of like the level of comfort that he provides with Goran out. His playmaking is useful. Uh, his long limbs are useful against LeBron. So no matter what his plus minus is, I, I, I feel more comfortable with him being on the floor than uh, some of our other options. And to, right. that, to that point, though, I think the big reason I think like he's been very good defensively on all these guys and has been like a, uh, made these guys like uncomfortable. But the reason I don't think he's standing out on offense is because Jimmy Butler's playing so many minutes oh, um, yeah. and, and all the times that he's been kind of shining on offense and taking over the as the playmaker and veteran on the um, on the floor. Now, that's just not the case because he's playing all of his minutes with Jimmy. Um, so I think that's just a big reason why the plus minus is not there because he doesn't have as much control. All right, we're going to talk about Jimmy here in a second. Uh, before we do, Biscayne Bay Brewing, another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I never get the labels right. Uh, this is the Pale Ale, though. Let me check this out, Miami Pale Ale. They've also got Marlins Lager. 
Marlins, of course, ended their season today. I mean, that season is a resounding success, no matter how you look at it. I mean, the whole team had COVID, and, you know, they ended up shuttling guys in and out. Not only did they get to the playoffs, they make the second round of the playoffs. So I don't want to hear any complaints about the Marlins. That was way exceeded expectations, and they changed some narratives uh, this year. Now they just got to sustain it, and if there actually are, are fans allowed in the park next year, we'll see if any actually come out, because I, I do think that there were some – uh, there's some confidence that you should have in that organization right now. But anyway, check out the Marlins Lager. Maybe they had such a good season because they got involved with Biscayne Bay. We're having a good season here too. So a little bit of good luck here. It's a beer we're drinking at Five Reasons Sports. It's made in this community by people in this community, South Florida's actual independent brewery. Check out BiscayneBayBrewing.com to find out where to get it. Right, let's get to Jimmy Butler. I posted a stat line today. And it's amazing because the stat line is pretty much a mirror image of what the guy on the other side has done this, this series. Um, essentially, we said Le- Jimmy Butler has to outplay LeBron James for the Heat to have a chance in the series. He kind of has outplayed LeBron James um, by a small amount, not by a lot. The stats are pretty damn close. But you look at Jimmy in the NBA Finals, 41.5 minutes, 27.5 points, 7.8 rebounds, 10 assists, on 55% from the field and 90% from the line. And then as I tweeted, and somehow he needs to do more. Uh, Whereas LeBron doesn't need to do more. That's basically his stat line too. He's a little lower in some areas, a little higher in others. He doesn't need to do more because he's got Anthony Davis doing roughly the same thing. Um, Jimmy, first thing, let's put it this way. If the Lakers win game five, Greg, I'm going to force you to actually think this way. If the Lakers win game five, who is the MVP of this series? Um, the MVP is, uh, it depends on how Anthony Davis plays. If he has a 30 point type night to close them out, I think he could squeak into that spot, particularly because of what he did with Jimmy on defense late in the series. Um, so I'm going to go AD, even though it feels weird. Cause he did throw up a stinker. Um, and like to back, just quickly back to your point about Jimmy and LeBron, if he's playing LeBron to a standstill, that means Jimmy's winning that matchup. Like that's right. just how that works because like LeBron is LeBron literally. So, um, but yeah, I would probably lean AD um, if he can replicate what he did in game four. Well, there's no way Jimmy, look, I, I understand people are like lose, guy on a losing team wins MVP. I mean, LeBron didn't win it, you know, going up against Iguodala in 15. Right. So he's, Jimmy's not going to win MVP on the losing team. He's just not, not, not against two stars. I no, mean, no, I don't, think, he, he, I don't think he'd if, accept it. He might not accept it. <laughs> that's true. You know, you're probably right. He probably to say UMFers. I'm not interested. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much it. You're right. Actually. He, he would not take it. Whereas it, LeBron on the other side, if he didn't get it, uh, oh, he he'd might, be he, mad. He, he might take it from AD's locker. Uh, but, but, it, but it isn't, I kind of think, guys, to me, again. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And if the Lakers win game five, I know we're not supposed to talk like that. To me, it's whoever plays better in game five. I think it's close enough now that it'll be one or the other. So let me ask you this, Royal. Does it stain? Because if the Heat had won the 2011 finals, Dwayne was going to be the MVP, obviously. It wasn't going to be LeBron. And there was a lot of talk at the time that that in some way would stain LeBron's legacy because he came down to Miami and was upstaged by his teammate 
Now you have a teammate who comes in this time. Does I mean, if AD wins MVP, what's the narrative? Uh, well, honestly, I'm I'm against Greg on this. I think LeBron would win the MVP if they won. You could be right. Yeah, just just could be just because of the consistency of his play throughout the series. Like his numbers have been consistent. He hasn't had that like extreme clunker of a game like AD had. Mm-hmm. But should AD win this? I don't think the narrative changes much on LeBron James at all. I, I I have him as the second greatest player of all time, and I don't believe that him winning this title, losing this title, winning MVP, losing it changes his stature much in my eyes. I think he's the same before as he will be going forward. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I feel like um, like part of it is that I think there's something to be said for LeBron figuring out a way to extend his window by getting a guy like Anthony Davis next to him that can kind of start to assume maybe some of the mm-hmm. statistical responsibilities um, at the highest points because, you know, the two 30-point games jump off the page for Anthony Davis early in the series, and I know he had the clunker like we talked about, but, like, this is the way LeBron's going to. If he wants to catch MJ, he needs a dude like Anthony Davis that's going to carry the load in the next few years going, you know, further. Yeah, I guess the narrative becomes, does LeBron get praise for stepping aside? kind of like Dwayne should have gotten probably more praise than he did when LeBron came down, or does he get criticized for needing the help? It, 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 it depends I, on I, what show you watch. Well, exactly. It <laughs> depends, depends on who's trying to make money off him one way or the other. Exactly. Uh, but, but, but getting back to Jimmy, um, I mean, reasonably, like when you're talking averaging 28, eight and 10, Oh my God. It's, a, uh, it's awesome. On 55 and 90, like wh- what else can he do? I, I, I get it. They got to hit threes. You said it, Ethan. Like Jimmy is doing his job. This is about these other guys hitting threes. I I, I have another question though. Does, does what Jimmy's doing in the finals change the narrative surrounding where he is in terms of top players in the league? Like, does it, does it make him, does it push him into that top 10? Because he's playing like, like Greg said, he's playing LeBron to a draw, which essentially means Jimmy's winning this matchup. So is he viewed differently going into next season? I mean, I think fairly he should be, right? I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any question at all he's top 15. I think if anybody uh, questioned that, I think now the question is, do you move him into top 10? I mean, I, look, uh, part of this is you've got two elite players, top five players in the league coming back from injury next year in Durant and Curry, okay? You, you, you already ha- you have LeBron, you have AD, you have Kawhi, right? So we're already at five. I, I don't put hard in top five. Some do, I don't. No, uh, you know, no. and then and, and Giannis. Okay, so I mean, there's really sort of a big six and Luca and Luca, right? So now you're at seven. Okay, I mean, this is where it gets a little bit more complex. Now you take Jimmy over Embiid. Do you take Jimmy over Jokic? Do you take Jimmy? Oh, right. So, you know, I mean, you take Jimmy over Paul George right now. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you take Jimmy over? Okay, Braid, I'll throw it to you. Do you take Jimmy over Harden? I do. Yeah, I think you do just off of winning. I, I, I take Jimmy over Harden because of defense and just the intangibles. Like I, I like I love I love Jimmy's intangibles. I don't I'm not a big fan of Harden's style of offense. I think it is largely largely in part because of D'Antoni letting him run rapid and do whatever he wants. So um I, I'm gonna love to see Harden play in the system next year, uh depending on who they get to come in there. Like I I would love to see him play in the system to see if those numbers still look the same. And I think the one we were forgetting was Lillard. And Lillard, right? Okay, and Dame, I take right. Jimmy. I take Jimmy over Dame. Yeah, right. You do. I said. I think some people would differ with you on that. You take Jimmy over. A I mean, is da- is Dame gonna can a, can Dame defend LeBron? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. Right. no. Well, well you, you, do you t- do you take well? You take Jimmy over Tatum right now, right? 
Yeah, today, but not obviously if we're doing a futures type of situation. Right. And, and most of these things are based off situation uh, because obviously you're not going to take uh, put Butler on another team that maybe Lillard's on because um, he's not going to be the score that Lillard is. But Lillard's not going to thrive in a situation with Miami yeah. probably. So think it, think about Heat culture, James Harden. Like, what would that look like? I don't. I know. I, I know. Trilly's throwing that out there, but I. I don't even want. I don't even want to touch that one. Please do not Photoshop him in a Heat jersey again. Okay. Don't. Don't, don't do that anymore. But we could bring it a little closer to home. Would you take Jimmy over Bam? Well, right now, right now, I, yeah. I think what we saw in this series, even though Bam was the best player in the Boston series, I think what we saw in this series is. It's hard to evaluate because Bam went out in the first game, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. But 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 would Bam take over to quite the degree that Jimmy did in Game Three? No. So I I, I think it's I think there's I would lean Jimmy at this stage. I, I do think that that I still believe Bam is the most important player. Um, but is, is he, he is the he top fifteen? Oh, Bam? I think he's top twenty now. Clearly. I think he's top twenty. Yeah. I think I think I think he's top twenty. That's huge, though. I mean, if you think about where Absolutely. we started, uh, this is an interesting one coming in from Clarence. I wasn't planning on going this direction. I still think the media will put Miami around five or six next year. Um, let's look at. That. I don't. Uh, <laughs> although I do think a lot in the media are going to put Brooklyn ahead of them from the very beginning. Yep. And and I think that they're going to put Boston ahead of them. Correct. I think and three I think is where they land. Well, I you don't think they'll put Milwaukee ahead of them? Giannis is still there. And they uh, make some kind of a move. Right. I mean, what the hell is going on? They're going to be fourth to start the season. Jeez. Well, they'll be a, they'll be considered ahead of Philly, certainly ahead of Indiana, right? And then who who else am I missing? Toronto, probably ahead of Toronto. Because but there's a lot of uncertainty with Toronto. We don't we don't know is Lowry going to be traded, Van Vliet going to be back, um, all the rest of us. All right, so let's pivot back, and then I'm going to allow uh, Greg to channel Gary Payton. Uh, <laughs> let's let let's pivot back to uh, Game Five. I feel like we've simplified this series so much and just said they just got to shoot better. But there's got to be something else, right? I mean, like, right, there's got to be – I mean, it can't just be that, right? It can't just be make open shots. So what else is there? What, I mean, other than competing, which I believe they're going to do. I don't think they're in a hurry to get out of the bubble. They were defiant. Like I said, Eric Spolster's channeling Jimmy Butler, cursing every third word now. Uh, which is the which is the spo that I know, but not necessarily that the world knows. So I'm glad he's showing the world that they're like the same person now. They didn't used to be. Uh, but w- what else is that? What can he do? What can he do? That's tough to say because I think the reason people harp on the shooting uh, so much is not is not just because we're shooting worse than the Lakers. It's because we're shooting worse than we've shot all season. And and I think that's why everybody's waiting for the shooting to come around. In terms of Spo, I don't, I don't know what else Spo can do. They had a, a good game plan in Game Four, and it's just, it just came down to execution at the end of the game, and they didn't execute. And I think, I think Spo's done a wonderful job this series, making adjustments and stuff. It's just, I, it's a tough question. It's a tough question, and I don't think it, I have an answer right now. I, I do think the being kind of how you mentioned a couple times, Ethan, in the past that these the, Jimmy Butler and all these guys have played from behind their whole life, mm-hmm. um, that this this is a type of situation um, that's that's nothing new to them. Uh, being down three one, they've they've felt this kind of doubt um, that they're basically giving uh, giving LA not giving Miami a chance um, at all to come back three one or even make it a series that this game five is not even going to be um, not even going to be a competition. Um, but I think that Jimmy Butler and others can 
I think it's just going to be a big thing about confidence. That's kind of what they mentioned um, a bunch of them in the um, press conferences over the last two days that they're just kind of, their confidence is staying high. Um, and I think that's a big thing. Um, most of the guys in that locker room uh, continually have high confidence. Um, a couple guys don't, but uh, most of them have pretty high confidence in their way to score the ball and just play. Um, so I think if they play free, um, which is what they're going to play like in game five, they're not going to have, um, I don't think they're going to have too much pressure. Um, as you may think in a, in a, a two, two series that if they play free, I think they could just, you know, thrive a little bit more on the offensive side. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll narrow it down to two things. Cause I think like we've kind of schemed our way through this series and it, it is kind of both teams kind of know what they're up against, but I'm interested to see what adjustments they make related to AD guarding Jimmy so much, because I felt like that kind of, um, even though it happened for moments in the beginning of the series, the, the extended stretches in the last game, I felt like threw off a little bit of what they were trying to get to. So I'm interested to see how they counter that. And here's the other one. I don't think there's been a game, even the game that Heat won, where they out offensive rebounded the Lakers. So if there if there's ever something, and I, that almost feels like the one thing that it's almost impossible for them to pull off. Mm -hmm. But but if they find a way to narrow that gap on the offensive glass, that's going to go a long way. And I know it's kind of a weird stat to pull out, but I mean it, it's indicative of extra possessions, those three point shots that kind of break your back when you're trying to get in the middle of a run. Um, so that that would be something I would look at. If that's the case, do you look at DJJ for a few minutes? Because he's one of the guys on this team who can do that. He can get you the tap outs, create extra possessions. See, I, think I, think, I think it matters if the guys are hitting shots. Like if Duncan yeah. and Tyler are hitting threes, um, you can go that route and just harp on them hitting, continue to hit shots. But if they're not hitting, um, I don't think you're going to put another non-shooter on the floor. Probably true. Probably true. All right, let's pivot to it. Um, there was an article today in Players' Tribune. I was a little surprised by it, to be honest, because um, I did cover Gary Payton here in Miami he wasn't happy all the time. I can no. tell you that. He certainly wasn't happy at the end. Uh, he wasn't even happy with Dwayne at times. I, I, I do think that there has been this thing with quote-unquote heat culture where players are more uh, appreciative after the fact. Uh, maybe not at the time because all they used to do was bitch to me. But afterwards, uh, they're happier. And a lot of the big three guys, uh, that's, uh, that's the case as well. Uh, this was not a big three guy, Gary Payton, but Gary played for a lot. You know, he played for good organizations. Seattle at the time was a really good organization when he was there. Um, you know, he played for with Boston for a little while when it wasn't maybe so much. But Milwaukee at the time, I mean, he played for George Carl, who was a pretty good coach in his day. He's now known for a lot of other things, but he's a pretty good coach in his day. Um, and, and his article today in Players Tribune. I mean, basically, I read it, and it was like Greg Sylvander talking, uh, except uh, with some, you know, wanting to curse the whole time. That, right. was, that, was, that was pretty much it. So I, I, will, I, I encourage everybody to read it, um, what Gary Payton says is the difference between, quote-unquote, heat culture and other places he played. Greg, I will allow you the floor here. You, do, your best Jeep, do your best GP. What the fuck Beautiful. are you running, coach? There you go. Right? Go ahead. Exactly. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. We're not going to bore everyone that way. But I do want to uh, talk about that. Gary Payton in the article said, Pat had been recruiting me since 96 and he offered him a lot of money back then. I distinctly remember, and I was a, I was a teenager at the time, pre, I, I guess high school, those were those years. I went up to Gary Payton that off season and I said, are you coming to Miami? And he said, tell Pat to get me there and I'm there. And that always stuck with me because I always thought about what if Gary Payton had came to the heat in his prime because uh, he was like the only point guard in the league better than Tim Hardaway at that time. But the thing I really want to get to in this article 
relates to what Gary Payton closed out with. Um, and he's talking to the 2020 Miami Heat. And I think it's just a cool thing that had me wanting to run through the wall of my living room. And I think Heat fans will agree when we get to it. And um, it really, it was piggybacking off of some speeches that took place when the season was on the line in 2006. And that team found a way to win four in a row and come back and win the championship against Dallas. So uh, he, he essentially said with the season on the line, I got one message. Everyone doubts you right now. Everyone's writing you off. They're getting ready to crown them other guys. They're shining up that trophy for them. They've got that champagne on ice, but they forgot about one thing. Y'all are still here. Y'all are still here. Y'all belong here. Next three games are for the culture. They forgot about the Miami fucking heat. Take out the motherfucking ropes, right? That's uh, that. that They're ready to ropes. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Eric Spolstra uh, summons a little Ray Allen before the game um obviously there are not going to be any ropes in the bubble there's covid tests instead it's a little bit different <laughs> take out the covid testing uh but that's uh it's going to be interesting i am not going to the bubble it is not my fault i will not be up there on friday uh let's uh, let's make the picks here before we close the series get to six brady I think it does. I think it's going to be a um, as like ESPN and all these channels are kind of making it out to being the Kobe game. Um, I think it is going to be the Kobe game, but it's going to be Jimmy Butler uh, showing that mama mentality um, and and willing this team once again. Uh, and I think it's going to it's going to once again fall on Jimmy Butler. Uh, he's going to have to do those numbers that you were uh, showing earlier. It's going to have to uh, come once again. Um, and if he does that with everybody else contributing, um, I don't see a way that they they do win this game. Um, I think the, the mindset that Miami's in right now, um, it's pretty clear that they're, they're just taking this one game at a time. And this, they're just focused on this game five. Um, so I think, I think that he win this one. Royal, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I'm agreeing with Brady. I think Miami takes this one. Um, I'm actually expecting a big game from Bam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bam. Bam started the game off really aggressive last game, and I like the way he was playing at first. And I think with these extra days rest, he'll be able to come back and sustain that a little longer. So I'm, re- I'm really expecting big things from him. And I expect the Heat to win a close one, maybe by like five or six points. Uh, but yeah, I expect this to probably be their best game, uh, best team game of the series. Greg, well, I know what's happening here. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, come on. But you know where I'm going with this. But, you know, this is the funny thing. I'm just going to say this. I tweeted that if Goran Dragic was available and healthy in this series, that it would be 2-2, and you can't convince me otherwise. I, I got hateful DMs as if I said the Heat should be up 3 or 4 sweep, you know, like or 3-1. Um, this series has not been – that far apart obviously the first game was ugly but they've been playing them really really close i'm going miami to get this one and extending the series because why the hell not (laughs) i'm torn on it i i what brady talked about earlier about how these guys typically play better when cornered that is historically um, all of them personally with their own individual stories that's been the case collectively that's been the case so I have no fear of them having a clunker. I, I think that there will be a strong effort. They, they are, they've been in the bubble for more than three months. What's another few days? Uh, so I, I think they're going to come at the Lakers. My concern in this game is why, and I'm not ready to make a pick yet. I'm probably going to do it tomorrow. But my concern in this game is I just have a feeling this is going to be one of these games that Heat fans come out of it and saying LeBron and AD got all the calls late. It, it, yeah. it feels to me like that. I don't know who the officials are going to be. I think Miami's going to be right there. 
And then I, I just don't have a good feeling about what the last three, four minutes are going to look like here. Um, I, I just don't. I, I just think they have two guys who will figure out a way to get to the line at the end of it. If the Heat are going to win this game, to me, they got to blow them out with their shooting. They just got to come out from the very beginning, shoot the lights out, get up 12 at the end of the first quarter, and just try to hold on at that point. But I think if it's a tight game that goes too far, uh, I don't have a great feeling about it. And I, the last thing I want after this season, this thing's been going on for more than a year. I mean, literally, they were in, in Palm Beach. Alex and I were in Palm Beach at Kaiser University early October last year okay that's where this thing started and the thing i hope is after a season like this and everything these guys have accomplished that we're not coming out of this saying bleep the officials i I just that that would just leave such a sour taste but i have a feeling that's where we're gonna end up i just do i just think that's where we're heading i think the heat Heat fans have a persecution complex and i think it might be justified in game five we'll see all right check out five reasons sports.com prizepicks.com the code is 5-F-I-V-E. Also, BiscayneBayBrewing.com. Uh, make sure you check out Prize Picks. It's a lot of fun. I'm actually it's one, the only reason I'm watching the NFL game tonight, to be yeah. honest with you. I got no other Take reason. Take the to over do it. on Jimmy. Take the over on Jimmy and mybookie.ag. Uh, use the code there, five on the floor, to get your deposit doubled. Uh, my daughter just slipped out of her room to, to, uh, to get a snack. So that's the end of the night for me. Have a good one. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.